your Locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 260 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. Wishing a very happy New Year's to everybody out there, wherever you might be listening to this. I know that 2020 was obviously a very challenging year. I'm not going to go through all the reasons why. I'm sure you guys can uh, remember them well enough on your own. But uh, here's to uh, the next 365 days. Here's to 2021. And here's to 2020 being over and gone forever. That is definitely a good thing. I realize, you know, the calendar flips from December to January. It doesn't necessarily... Uh, solve all the world's problems. It doesn't fix everything just because we're in a new year now, but there is a nice psychological edge to being done with 2020, like I said, forever. And hey, give yourselves a pat on the back. A ton of credit goes out to anyone who got through what was obviously a very challenging year here. But today, what we're going to be talking about on Locked on New York Rangers, we're going to be diving into the World Juniors, specifically uh, the United States' game. They beat Sweden 4 to nothing yesterday, last night, in fact, on New Year's Eve, to win Pool B with a record of three wins and one loss. This sets up a quarterfinal matchup for the United States against Slovakia. Slovakia is the number four seed of Pool A. The United States closes the preliminary round with three consecutive shutout wins over Austria, the Czech Republic, and of course Sweden last night. Canada, meanwhile, goes 4-0 in the preliminary rounds. They pick up a very impressive 4-1 win against Finland to claim Pool A. They will be the one seed from that pool. That was actually the uh, game to determine which of the two teams would be the winner of Pool A. Canada in the four games, 33 goals scored, only four goals allowed, so obviously very impressive. They appear as advertised, and they appear like they would be, continue to be really, the favorites going forward. And also, we're going to talk a little bit about the Rangers releasing their training camp roster. By my count, it looks like there are 40 names on the list. I will double-check that when we get to it a little bit later here in this episode, but we're going to talk about that as well. But let's go ahead and kick off today's episode, like we said, talking about the United States' performance against Sweden in a game that was going to determine the winner of Pool B. And this was huge for the United States because coming into this game, uh, they did control their own destiny, but a regulation win against Sweden would mean that the United States would be the top seed of Pool B. Of course, that's what turned out to happen. And as a result of the United States' win, Russia drops down and will be the two seed of Pool B, and Sweden will now be the three seed of Pool B. An overtime win for the United States would have caused Russia to win Pool be. The United States would then drop down to second, and Sweden would have been third. A United States loss of any kind would have given the group to Sweden, and Russia would have came in second place, and the United States would have dropped all the way to third place if they would have lost that game against Sweden last night. And that would have been unfortunate because it would have meant that they would start off the quarterfinals with a matchup against Finland, and really... That's not an ideal situation. It's obviously a very winnable game. The United States plenty capable of going out there and beating Finland, but you'd much rather start off by playing either Germany or Slovakia, and as it turns out, it's going to be Slovakia. I know be careful what you wish for. It doesn't mean it's going to be easy. It doesn't mean it's going to be a walk in the park or anything like that, but if you're looking at this objectively, that's a better matchup uh, playing either Germany or Slovakia than playing Finland. But just to kind of go through the highlights of United States versus Sweden a little bit, United States just came out flying in this game. They scored a goal from completely out of nowhere, just a minute and nine seconds into the game. Drew Hellison lights the lamp for the United States. So there was a glove save made, but the puck deflected into the corner. Hellison tracked it down, and as soon as he got the puck, he just threw it back at the net, and it gets through uh, Swedish goalie Hugo Alnefeld, and it goes into the net 1-0. This 
this goal was scored from an absolutely impossible angle, and it goes back to what we talk about a lot on this podcast. When in doubt, just put the puck at the net. I mean, I know that you don't want to just take a really simple shot and just shoot it right into the glove of the goalie, and it's a really uh, basic save, and then you know you get a face-off instead of getting to maintain possession in the attacking zone. But for the most part, I do like the idea of, when in doubt, throw the puck at the net. We saw that here. The puck goes in. It basically just caught Alnafel off guard, bounced off his right pad, went through his legs and into the net. So one nothing just like that. And the United States just absolutely flying, swarming in the Swedish zone. There's outstanding puck movement. They're just playing at a higher speed than Sweden to start this game. And they make it 2 to nothing, less than four minutes into the action here. Trevor Zegers continues his amazing tournament. He receives a pass from Brock Faber, and again, the second goal scored here where it came from a very difficult angle where the player just got the puck and threw it toward the net. And Zegers, just a fantastic shot. He put it over the right shoulder of Alnefeld, stuck it into the near side of the net and top shelf. And again, we're four minutes into this game and it's already 2-0 United States. And they showed a camera shot of the Swedish bench. Their players looked absolutely stunned after this goal. Like they didn't know what hit them. And I thought a timeout might be coming from Sweden, but they do not use the timeout. It keeps going. To Sweden's credit, I think they kind of weathered the storm because even the next couple minutes after this, after the United States made it 2 to nothing, for another four minutes or so there, they had a couple of chances to make it 3 to nothing. Uh, again, just dominating puck possession, dominating time on the attack, just looking like the much sharper team in the early goings of this game. They had a chance to make it 3 to nothing, and a Swedish defenseman actually got his stick down on the ice, and he may have been the one to keep that puck out. But the first period comes to an end, and uh, United States leads 2 to nothing, and off to a great start here. Wanted to take a minute to let you guys know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Bet Online. Are we ready for some football? College football heads into bowl season, and there are some big matchups this weekend. The NFL regular season is finishing up with the playoff picture becoming clearer, and there is only one place that has you covered and one place that we trust. BetOnline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use that promo code Locked On for your 50% welcome bonus. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use that promo code Locked On to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Visit our good friends and exclusive partner by going on Twitter and going to at betonline underscore AG to take advantage of the best bonuses in the business. Sign up for a free account and use promo code LOCKEDON for your sign-up bonus. Once again, that is promo code LOCKEDON in all caps, and you will get your sign-up bonus. Hashtag BetOnline. We're going to get back to more World Juniors discussion in just a second here. But first, I wanted to tell you guys a little bit about Locked On Bets. 2020 is mercifully over. It's time for a fresh start and a few more wins. If you're betting this year and want more wins, listen to Locked On Bets with your boy Q and Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports. They are picking college basketball, football, and NBA locks all winter long. Subscribe to Locked On Bets wherever you get your podcasts. So getting back to the United States here, diving into the second period a little bit, uh, it's basically just more of the same. The United States has Sweden back on their heels, and they get another early goal here. So the United States win a faceoff in the attacking zone. We talked about how big faceoff wins can be in hockey. I think it's a very underrated sport. I'll continue to say that over and over and over, especially when there's an instance like this that kind of uh, supports that theory, so to speak. But basically, again, the United States, they win a faceoff in the attacking zone in the right circle, and... Trevor Zegers on the right wing, he moves to his left, gets possession of the puck, and immediately passes to Ryan Johnson. 
Now, Johnson, as soon as he sees that Zegras has the puck, he starts to make his move. He starts to creep in from the blue line, and Zegras hits him perfectly in stride. Johnson gets the puck, and with his momentum taking him toward the net, just lets it fly, scores, makes it 3-0 USA. And uh, again, you know, just off to the races here. Another early goal in a period for the United States. This comes just two minutes, exactly two minutes into the second period. Uh, something I want to talk about is a little bit of an aside here. We got to talk about this at some point because Brett Burrard, he's been so good in this tournament. And certainly I don't think he played bad in this game or anything like that. It was a very solid night for the United States, top to bottom. Uh, pretty much everybody on the roster contributing to this one. I just didn't think he stood out in this game the same way that he has in some others. He was a plus one on the night, but he just didn't jump off the screen uh, the way he did, I would say, for pretty much every other game that the United States has played in this tournament. But he did his job. The United States got the job done here against Sweden, a convincing 4 nothing victory. And we'll see how Berard continues to fare uh, now that they're going into the quarterfinals and it's winner-go-home time against Slovakia. That game will be happening tomorrow on Saturday at 10.30 p.m. We'll go through the schedule in a little bit as well. Uh, the other thing I wanted to mention, the other Ranger prospect that is on Team USA is Hunter Skinner. And for the fourth straight game, he did not get to dress. Unfortunately, we're through the entire preliminary round here, and Hunter Skinner has not yet gotten to suit up for a game. And at this point, I got to be honest, guys, I don't see it happening. I don't think there's any way Hunter Skinner gets into one of these games in the quarterfinals. I mean, if he didn't play any of the four preliminary games, then it seems very unlikely that he's going to get to play in the quarterfinals unless there's something like an injury or a suspension or maybe a United States defenseman is really underperforming. But I don't see that last one happening because everybody's playing well. The United States has posted three consecutive shutouts. So that doesn't sound like there's a situation where, okay, we got to pull this defenseman out of the lineup and put Hunter Skinner in there. So it's unfortunate. Would have been nice to see him get some game action, but unfortunately, it's probably just not in the cards uh, for the rest of this tournament, barring you know something unforeseen happening in these next couple of games. Sweden had a chance to get back into the game. There was a breakaway for Arvid Kosmar. Uh, they hook him down from behind. Knight makes the save, but... The Swedes are awarded with a penalty shot, and apparently in the World Juniors, you get your choice as to who's going to take the penalty shot. I believe it has to be somebody on the on the ice when the penalty is, is called, but the Swedes choose to go with Victor Soderstrom, and it turns out that that may not have been the best pick. I mean, I don't want to be mean here, but basically what happened, he goes in for the penalty shot, he stick handles, he makes a couple of nice moves, but then he just completely loses control of the puck, never even got the shot off, and on the play, Spencer Knight, he had a great game for the United States, and he's been fantastic after that uh, rough tournament opening loss to Russia. He got pulled out of that game. He's been great in the two starts that he's made since then, but he actually fell down on this. So if Soderstrom could have just maintained control of the puck, he probably could have just tucked it home basically uncontested. This is not going to go down as one of the all-time great penalty shot moments because neither player looks particularly great on it. So we move on in the game. It's still 3-0 United States. And just a minute or so later, there's a scramble in front of the Swedish net. Alex Turcott picks up his first goal of the tournament. Turcott received the pass. He's in deep. He's got the puck on his backhand, and he spins to his right to get it to his forehand. Falls to the ice while doing this, but he sweeps the puck into the net, and uh, that makes it 4-0. We get a goalie change for Sweden. Jesper Wallstead is in the game, and it's 4-0 United States, less than four minutes into the second period. And again, the puck possession, I know I mentioned this a little bit earlier, but it really does bear repeating. The puck possession advantage for the United States is just crazy in this game. Up to this point, it feels like Sweden has never had the puck, and I know that's not literally true. I mean, they have 14 shots, so they've gotten at least a little bit of possession, but it's one of those games where it just never felt like the Swedes really got a quality scoring opportunity. We've all seen hockey games like this 
where you know a team gets shut out, they're struggling to create quality scoring opportunities, and it feels like if the game went six periods, they might not get a goal. And it just felt that way watching this game. Spencer Knight was very, very good for the United States as well. It's not like he was under constant fire, but he did make a couple of really nice saves. Uh, there was actually a save in the second period here where he made the initial save. The puck trickled through, went just wide of the net. Spencer Knight didn't know where the puck was, and then the Swedes find it behind the net. They bring it back in front. At the very last second, Knight kicks out his right pad to make an outstanding save on the doorstep. That was probably his best save of the night. So he did have his moments. Again, it's not like he was under constant fire in this game, but Spencer Knight, a very impressive performance. And I think if you're a fan of the United States, you can feel really good about him going forward because it looks like, again, after that tournament opening hiccup against Russia where he got pulled out of the game in the second period, he has been very sharp in posting back-to-back shutouts against the Czech Republic and Sweden. The third period was scoreless, and that was pretty much it. Again, a very impressive 4-0 shutout victory for the United States. Three consecutive shutout victories to conclude the preliminary round of this tournament. Spencer Knight in the third period, I would say this is probably the biggest highlight for the United States. He made another really nice kick save about midway through the frame, and he ends up with a 27-save shutout. The Swedish player of the game was Theodore Niederbach. The U.S. player of the game was Alex Turcott. Turcott had a goal and an assist and was a plus three on the night. It's a costly loss for Sweden because now they finish in third place in Pool B and they have to play Finland in the quarterfinals. Not to say they can't possibly beat Finland, but I think, you know, if you're being honest, and these guys will say all the right things, you know, oh, well, you know, it's a challenge. We want to play good teams. But if you're being honest with yourself, I think you'd probably rather play Slovakia or Germany in the quarterfinal rather than Finland. But that'll be a good game. We're going to go through the entire schedule. we got four games on the docket tomorrow, Saturday. So we're going to go through that in just a second. As for the United States... I mean, they look great. They've been very sharp in this tournament, the game against Russia notwithstanding, but they can't have a letdown. You can't just assume that it's going to be a walk in the park against Slovakia. As good as the United States has looked, if you're a fan of the United States or whatever team you might root for in this tournament, single elimination is still very scary. It leaves no margin for error. That goes without saying, but you got to show up and you got to bring it one bad night and you can be out of the tournament just like that. So definitely looking forward to watching the quarterfinals. If you're a hockey fan, Tomorrow, Saturday, is going to be absolutely awesome for you because they're on all day from noon until probably at least midnight. So you got basically 12 consecutive hours of hockey, uh, a couple of short breaks between games, I'm sure, because they're all in the same arena. We're going to talk about that, as well as Canada's game against Finland and the Rangers training camp roster in just a second here. Just wanted to take a minute to let you guys know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Built Bar. It is the best tasting protein and energy bar that I have ever had. It's kind of hard to explain. You just have to experience it for yourself. It's got real chocolate, amazing flavors, and unlike a lot of other protein bars, energy bars, you don't need a gallon of water to get rid of that weird, funky aftertaste that sometimes comes with the other bars. It's just good, and it actually kind of tastes quite a bit like a candy bar. It has an amazing combination of low calories, high protein, and low sugar. There are no crazy additives, and if you compare it to the most popular men's bar, Cliff, it is half the calories, seven times fewer carbs, seven times fewer sugar grams, and more protein. How can it be that good and taste that good? I don't know. You just got to try it for yourself. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON to get $10 off of your first box at BuiltBar.com. Once again, use promo code LOCKEDON and get $10 off your first box at www.BuiltBar.com. Also, just wanted to tell you guys a little bit about the NHL Season Preview Edition, which is coming in January. If you haven't subscribed to Locked On NHL yet, 
Now is the time. Beginning on January 5th, host Sarah Evampato is hosting a special NHL season preview featuring team previews from local experts on all 31 teams and fantasy hockey tips from Locked On Fantasy Hockey host Scott Cullen. Subscribe to Locked On NHL wherever you get your podcasts. All right, wanted to go ahead and talk about Canada's 4-1 to victory over Finland to close out their preliminary round competition at 4-0. and I would say this was probably Canada's best performance of the preliminary rounds, and I don't say that lightly because they did beat Germany 16-2, to but you got to remember, Canada, a far better team than Germany. Doesn't mean Germany can't possibly win under any circumstances, but Germany was also playing that game shorthanded. I believe they only had 14 skaters active for that game due to COVID, and so Canada cruises to a 16-2 to win. Then Canada beats Slovakia 3-1 to in a game that surprised a lot of us uh, how much Slovakia pushed Canada in that game. But, you know, Canada, they, gr- they grind their way to a win, although certainly not a brilliant performance by Canada by any stretch of the imagination. Then they beat Switzerland 10 nothing. Again, Canada, a far better team than Switzerland. So it's kind of to be expected. I mean, maybe not 10 nothing, but you figure Canada's going to win that game pretty handily. But then Canada, Finland, I mean, these are the two heavyweight teams from Pool A, and this was going to determine which team claimed the Pool A number one seed. And Canada basically just dominated this game. I mean, I know it wasn't the most lopsided final score ever at 4-1, and in fact, one of Canada's goals came as a result of an empty netter by Dylan Cousins, but Canada was just in complete control of this game. Canada goes up early. They go in on a rush. Dylan Cousins opts to shoot rather than pass. They take a one nothing lead there. The second period, you know, again, really nice puck movement by Team Canada. The pressure was on, and uh, Dylan Holloway ends up scoring from the slot, converting on that scoring chance, that prolonged scoring chance, because Canada, like I said, they really possessed the puck for a long time in the Finland zone in this instance, and then Holloway makes a count by scoring once again from the slot. Uh, Ranger prospect Braden Schneider, he picked up his first point of the tournament in the form of a secondary assist on this goal here by Holloway, and it's 2 to nothing Canada. And again, I realize it's not a blowout. It's still just early in the second period, so obviously Finland's got some time to come back, but the shots at this point are 22-2 to in favor of Canada. So again, not completely lopsided on the scoreboard. It's not like this is one of those games where Canada just put on a show and just ran away with a 9 nothing, 10 nothing, 16-2 win or anything like that, but they were just in control. They always just seem to be a step ahead of Finland in this game. They get another goal from Peyton Krebs. He scores from the doorstep to make it 3 to nothing. There was a shot from the blue line. The initial save was made. Uh, the puck was loose in the crease, and then Krebs stuffed it home. Finland does get one back in the second period. They score to make it 3-1 to on the power play. The goal is scored by Brad Lambert. But then Canada basically still just maintained control for the rest of the game. Dylan Cousins made a great play to score an empty net goal. Finland had possession of the puck in the neutral zone. He basically just took it away, went up the boards on the right side, and uh, shot it into the empty net before the Finnish defenseman could close on him. So 4-1, to that's your game. And uh, Canada, of course, goes 4-0, wins Pool A, and will be the number one seed in the quarterfinals. They will go up against the fourth seed of the Pool B bracket, and that, of course, will be the Czech Republic. So we'll see what happens there. It seems like probably the most lopsided matchup of the quarterfinal round, but you never know what can happen. That's why they play the games. But one other note about this game that's kind of a bummer for Ranger fans is that we probably have seen the last of Dylan Garand in the World Juniors. Barring an injury to Devin Levi, and again, I would never wish that on anybody. I'm just stating the facts. The Probably the only way that we're going to see Dylan Guerin is if an injury does 
befall Devin Levi because he's been great in goal for Canada. The other way that we see Dylan Garand is if Levi just has an unforeseen, miserable performance in the quarterfinals or whatever round that it might be. It's unfortunate that we won't get to see any more of Garand. Again, he only played the third period of Canada's 16-2 victory against Germany, got in for some mop-up duty. I believe he made five saves on six shots, something like that. But unfortunately, that's probably going to be it for Garand because Levi's been great. He was great in this game, stopped 18 of 19 shots. Not like he was under heavy fire and Finland had quality scoring chances to spare, but he did the job and he's only allowed three goals in 11 periods. So you really cannot argue with that. Canada seems certain to go with Levi the rest of the way. But one other thing that I wanted to do for you guys here before we wrap up for the day is announce the list of New York Ranger players who will be at training camp when it starts in just two days, guys. Sunday is the beginning of New York Ranger training camp. It just feels awesome to say that out loud. But here you go. Let's go ahead and start with the forwards. Like I said, for now, just going to run through them really quick. Morgan Barron, Colin Blackwell, Johnny Brodzinski, Pavel Buchnevich, Philip Hedl, Phil DiGiuseppe, Gabrielle Fontaine, Julian Gauthier, Tim Gettinger, Anthony Greco, Brett Howden, Capo Caco, Patrick Kodorenko, Chris Kreider, Alexi Lafreniere, Brennan Lemieux, Artemi Panarin, Justin Richards, Kevin Rooney, Austin Rushoff, Ryan Strom, and Mika Zibanejad. Defenseman, you've got Anthony Batetto, Brandon Crawley, Tony D'Angelo, Adam Fox, Liber Hayek, Jack Johnson, Ryan Lindgren, Ke'Andre Miller, Darren Radish, Tarmo Runinen, Matthew Robertson, Brendan Smith, and Jacob Truba. And then five goalies in camp, Alex Georgiev, Adam Huska, Keith Kincaid, Igor Shosturkin, and Tyler Wall. So I love that there's a lot of people there and they're giving everybody a chance. I think it's going to be a lot of fun to kind of track. Is there a dark horse to make this team? You know, can Ke'Andre Miller crack the opening night roster with an impressive training camp? Does a veteran defenseman that we're not really thinking about, like Anthony Potetto, does he somehow find his way into the lineup? At forward, can guys like Julian Gauthier or Brett Howden, can they hold off people like Morgan Barron? or Colin Blackwell, whoever it might be. Who's going to be the dark horse? Who's somebody, who's this year's Ryan Lindgren? Who's somebody that we're not really thinking about that's going to step up big time, crack the, I mean, I know Ryan Lindgren didn't crack the opening night roster, but he made his debut on the Rangers in relatively short order after that and never looked back. So who's going to be the guy that surprises us? Who's going to be the guy that steps into the opening night lineup that we're not even thinking about right now? It's going to be a lot of fun to track. Like I said, we will keep an eye on this as it progresses, as training camp continues through the coming days. We'll talk about some of the biggest position battles, whose stock is rising, whose stock is falling, who's in line for more minutes than maybe we expected, all that good stuff. We will definitely be honing in on the New York Ranger training camp, and we will also continue to cover the World Juniors here as it enters the quarterfinals, and we'll wrap up uh, in just a few days here. In fact, January 5th is the last day of the tournament. That is when you will have your gold medal game and your bronze medal game. And then I just wanted to wrap up today's episode by going through a couple of really quick notes here. The HL has announced a 44-game regular season. They're looking to start on February 5th and end on May 30th. This is a quote from AHL President and Executive Director Scott Howland. Details are still being worked out, but this step allows our teams and their National Hockey League partners to better determine their plans for the coming season. We look forward to dropping the puck on February 5th. And for anybody who might need a little bit of a refresher, the Hartford Wolfpack went 30 and 21 last season before the season was paused and ultimately canceled. So assuming the AHL season goes off without a hitch, we'll obviously keep a little bit of an eye on those guys this season as well, because that is something that maybe I didn't do quite enough of in the first season of Locked on New York Rangers, but we'll keep an eye on the Wolfpack as their season progresses. Some other news, former New York Ranger Dan Girardi hired by the Buffalo Sabres in a player development role. 
Dan Girardi skated in 972 NHL games after being undrafted. So I would say he knows uh, a little thing or two about player development. And as far as his credentials are concerned, he can basically present himself as Exhibit A because he went on to have a far greater NHL career than I think anybody would have expected. For those of you kind of still keeping tabs on free agency, you know by now, Zidane Chara signs with the Washington Capitals. And this was really cool as well. The National Women's Hockey League semifinals and finals will be broadcasted on NBC Sports on February 4th and February 5th. It's single elimination in the playoffs for the NWHL. There are only six teams in the league. And so, yeah, you get the semifinals one day and you get the finals the next day. But I'm definitely looking forward to watching that as well. Very, very cool that that's going to be broadcasted on uh, national television, as it should be. And the other big announcement here, guys, Locked on New York Rangers going back to five episodes per week beginning this upcoming week and probably lasting, well, definitely lasting through the entire Rangers season and probably well into the offseason as well. So definitely looking forward to that, getting back to the five-day-a-week grind and just taking you guys through the New York Rangers season. But that will do it for today, guys. Once again, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time.